This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Nightmare on Vulture Street. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what's worse, a 58-point loss in AFL or a 48-point loss in Rugby League. Dear, oh dear. I'll take your snap judgments this Monday morning, all thanks to Snap Fitness, 13 13 55 0467. 736 736. They're the digits you need to be part of the show. Win prizes too. Have raided the prize cupboard. We've got Titans and Knights ticket blitz. Five double passes to give away. When you hear the name of a Titans player from the NRL team, that's the number you need to call. 131355. Uh, shortly, I will take you inside the Lions Den. Head of football, Danny Daly, is standing by. Will they fight for Cam Rayner? and Noah Answorth at the Tribunal. They, they have to, don't they? They need to. It's the last roll of the dice. It's a sudden death final against Richmond, September 1 at the Gabba. Corey Parker, he'll be here in half an hour for the Monday Means Test. Mel Meninga after 11. Who makes the top eight? It is wide open, the bottom four of the top eight. Does David Fafita need to take a haircut? I'm talking a pay cut as well. And where, where did all the defence go on the weekend? 466 points, the most in an a 16-team or eight-game history of the NRL. 362 of those came from the winning sides. It seems that some have just given up the ghost. If you have a question for Corey Amell, 13 13 55, they're the digits you need. Also this morning, should Big Bash franchises be privatised? Cashed up leagues overseas are. And they are now hunting our best players. One of them is in town right now. I'll be talking to the head of Team Abu Dhabi after 10.30 this morning, but happy to take your snap judgments. 13.13.55. Are the Lions cooked for the year? What's wrong with the Broncos? Do you make changes to either side? And who? What would those changes be? Titans fans, what do you make of yesterday? 13.13.55. Yeah, my Snap Judgment, all thanks to Snap Fitness. They're on a mission to help you feel fantastic. At the risk of being Captain Obvious, I don't think the Broncos can make the top eight. Can they? 13-13-55. Two games to go. They only have to win one. If the Broncos can make the top eight, where do they make it? Where do they get that one win? And why? Why do you think they can make the top eight? Because I want to know where it's coming from. Is it the Eels on Thursday or is it the Dragons next week? Because, sure, the Dragons have nothing to play for. So you think cannon fodder, right? But they didn't have anything to play for yesterday against the Titans. And look what happened. They were even down to 12 men. But at that point, they scored 12 points 
in 12 minutes. I know they beat the Eels a month ago, but then they were only letting in two and a half tries a game. Since then, they have been leaking points, almost 35 points per game, including Friday night 60-point hammering by the Melbourne Storm. The most damning stat for me, though, is the 135 missed tackles in their last three games. 135 in three games. A month ago, Brisbane were pressing for a top four spot. Now, they're clinging to eighth. And the green machine are charging. Their run home, the Raiders, Manly, who haven't uh, won since the rainbow round or rainbow jersey fiasco, and the Tigers, they have given up. So the Green Machine, if they win their next two, Canberra, Manly and the Tigers, they're on 30 points. They need a win, the Broncos. I want them to make the finals, but I just don't think they can, can they? 13-13-55, if you disagree, and why? I'll take your snap judgments. Thanks to Snap Fitness. They are with you every step of the way. Snapfitness.com.au. Underneath him, though, Melksham swoops on the ball. Hand pass. Petrarca. It'll need the bounce to go his way. And of course it does. First goal to Christian Petrarca. And this game is just about done. Yeah, it was done indeed. Friday night. It was a nightmare on Vulture Street. The Demons... They unleashed hell on the lines, a 58-point hiding coming into the finals. Still, I'm scratching my head. As 32,000 at the Gabba were, and all those watching at home. As a Lions fan, I guess you need to ask yourself now, are you a believer? And what do you believe in? Do you believe in reaction or redemption? Does Chris Fagan need to wield the axe? Or does he hope that the hurt and the sting is enough motivation to beat Richmond? Lions fans, love to hear from you. Are there any left after the weekend? 13, 13, 55. Do you stick with the same team or do you shake it up? If you're going to change for the Tigers, who do you bring in? For me, Mitch Robinson would be first cab off the rank. He was the Medi-Sub on the weekend. He's been killing it in the VFL. And if you go back to the last couple of games against Richmond, at the Gabba especially, Mitch Robinson has been on fire. His ferocity, his attack, huge. And it's what we need for Lions fans to get across the line. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Six minutes past nine this Monday morning. We'll get you inside the lion's den straight after this. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. Six to four forward SCNQ. Brown makes the spoil underneath. Too easy. Melksham kicks another. It is a procession for Melbourne. Yeah, sadly, it was a procession for Melbourne at the Gabba on Friday night. It was a nightmare on Volta Street. And after a long weekend of soul-searching inside the lion's den, 
I'm glad to say that General Manager of Footy, Danny Daly, has been kind enough to join us this Monday morning. Danny, good morning to you. I, I saw you after the game Friday night. It's, it's a tough one to move on from, isn't it? Uh, yeah, good morning, mate. Uh, oh, it certainly is. You, you don't go out to uh, on a Friday night to play football and expect to, to be beaten like that. So, um, yep, uh, we'll review the game today. And, and thankfully, we've got a final series and then 10 days' time to prepare for. So, yeah, it wasn't a great weekend. No, exactly, and we do look forward, and I know we do look forward to hosting Richmond uh, on Friday week at the Gabba. We're going to get into that very shortly, Danny, but uh, the elephant in the room, I've got to address this, and a lot of people are talking about it. Your, your captain, Dane, he's one of your best, he's one of your most passionate, but he's done the wrong thing, hasn't he? Ah, oh, well, the, um, <clears throat> you know, the club, uh, along with Melbourne, addressed the issue on Friday night straight after the game, and... Um, you know, the club made a statement on, on Saturday morning and, and that's where it sits. And to be perfectly honest, from the club perspective, our our, our opinion right now or our, our goal right now is just to make sure Dane's OK from a mental health perspective. Um, you know, he's obviously spent a, a weekend at home on his own with his partner um, working through it. But from a club perspective, we, you know, we, we put it to bed in Melbourne, accepted our apology on Saturday and that's where it lies. All right, but well, you've just answered my next question. Is how is how's he going? That was going to be my next question. But conversations within the club, has it just been with him? Is it just been within the footy department, or has it gone higher? Oh no, no, it hasn't gone higher. Um, again, we've just uh, made sure that the Dane's going okay. That's what we need to do as a football club. Um, you know, he's come out and apologised on Saturday, which he did, so he understands what he's done. But you know, as I said, from a mental health perspective, we just to make, need to make sure that he's going okay. Um, uh, and that's all we've done. It hasn't gone any higher at this stage. Um, you know, everyone had the weekend off and we'll return to work today and uh, and see what today brings for us. What do you say to those questioning his captaincy, Danny? Um, I'd probably say that, you know, if you look at the last four years since he's been the captain, um, himself as a leader, along with Chris Fagan as our, as our coach, as a leader, have done an outstanding job in getting this club back on track. Um, you know, we've qualified for our fourth final series in a row. Um, so he's, he's done a lot right. Um, I understand I understand what's happened on the weekend and the commentary around it all. And, um, you know, people have got their opinion, which is fine. But from a club perspective, we think he's done a fantastic job over the four-year period he's been skipper. Um, we had a little bit of a let-up on Friday night. We've had a chat to him about that and, and we move on. And I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll come back in the next game against Richmond bigger and better and lead from the front again. All right, well, you do have 10 days to turn it around as a team. Where do you start? Oh, it starts, uh, obviously, today. The players will be back in today. And, um, you know, tomorrow we'll review the game with the players and, and go over, you know, the areas that we fell down in. Uh, but, but again, we need to uh, do that, but then move on quickly because, you know, the, the nine or 10 days will come around pretty quickly from when we play Richmond. And, uh, you know, we need to address it, but then move on and get some energy back into the place and, uh, you know, the positive is we are playing finals football. We've qualified for another uh, September yeah. final series and there's 10 other clubs that haven't. So we're in a in a good position and we're playing home and hopefully our, our crowds get to the Gabba again and support us like they have all year, which has been terrific. Danny, can you win the title from sixth? We know the Bulldogs did it a few years ago from seventh, so it has been done. Have you got the team to do it? Oh, of course. Um, well, you're a chance if you're in there. Uh, so, you know, it starts with the task against the Tigers on Thursday week and if we win that one we obviously play the uh, the loser of Melbourne Sydney so one week at a time as they say in football but 
but while we're in the top eight and we're and we're playing, we're a chance. Anyone's a chance. Uh, and I think this season has proven that that um, all the top eight teams have have performed remarkably well at, at times during the course of the year. So there's no reason why we can't we can't turn it around. I mean, disappointing loss on the weekend, but I think over the last six weeks we're still four and two. So it's not all doom and gloom. Danny Daly, my guest this morning, he's the general manager of footy at the Brisbane Lions. Danny, have you made a decision yet on Cam Rayner and Noah Answorth? Do, do you go to the tribunal with those two? Well, you have to, don't you? Um, well, well, we're still working through uh, what we do with our advocates. So I've actually got a meeting in about 20 minutes with uh, with our advocate to work through um, both cases. Um, we've obviously been working on it over the weekend, but we need to make a decision by 11.30. But uh, at this point in time, you think we would. But um, again... If there is an instance that we don't think we have got any chance of winning, um, there's also a fee you pay for going to the tribunal, you know, which um, is about 10 grand. So that sits in your soft cap as well. So there's a few decisions that have to be made in the next hour or two as to whether we fired them. But for the sake of both boys right now, um, we'd be looking to do that. Yeah. I have not seen the vision of Noah Ransworth striking. That that can be a hard one. But I think you've got a case with Cam Rayner. Surely, especially what we've seen oh. with Patrick Cripps. I know it's different incidences, but roll the dice, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I suppose you do. Um, and we've got to, as I said, we've got two, uh, two players who have played all season for us and uh, I've got a right to play finals. But, uh, again, yeah, we probably are on the side of uh, challenging at this stage. But, again, we need to work through a few things in the next hour or so before we make that decision. Danny, when it comes to uh, perhaps looking at the team, the lineup against Richmond, do, do you do you work on reaction, i.e., make changes, or do you work on redemption? Let the team that has a stinging or hurting right now come back and try and redeem themselves. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, potentially both. Uh, the, the, the beauty for us is that our VFL team, uh, you know, go remarkably well. They won on the weekend against Casey, who were undefeated. So you know, we should second on the ladder going into the final. So. The boys got a home qualifying final this Saturday, so we've got some we've got some players in pretty good form in the in the VFL system, and uh, you know, match committee obviously we won't have to later in the week, but I'm sure there'll be a few things discussed, and and obviously the um, the two boys that we're talking about in terms of the the reports will play a part in that as well. Whether we might have to replace one or two of those if um, we're not successful, but uh, we've certainly got some some players in good form, and uh, you know, we'll decide all that and work through all that in match committee later in the week. Danny, before you took over this role as the general manager of footy, you were head of strategy at, at the club. So the finals in the last four years, what what have you learned? What do you do differently this time round? Uh, it's, it's a really interesting question. I mean, uh, everyone talks about our final series and, you know, probably right, we saw it one and five, but we lost two of those games by, uh, you know, under a kick. Um, and we lost some, some soldiers in amongst that. But um, I still believe that, you know, obviously the contested ball plays a big part in final series. That's what it's all about. So if we can get our contested ball game right um, on the day or on the night, whenever uh, we play, it, it holds us in good stead. But uh, I think that's a catalyst. And, um, you know, if we can control that part of the game, it's, it's generally a good indication for us. You did that so well for the first half against the Tigers last time you played them. And, and, and do you take anything out of the fact that the last two times you've met at the Gabba, against the Tigers, you, you've actually beat them. And one of them was in a final. Yeah, we have. Um, and, and we will. And we'll look at those. And um, again, as I said, I think, um, you know, we went down to the G and it was Richmond's home game and they had 50,000. And, you know, they got, they got them going a bit in the second half. And, and you know, our fans do the same at the Gabba. They, uh, they're like our 19th men and we're so appreciative of them. So I think the, 
the Gabba the last two times we've played and we've come out and done, did exactly what I've been talking about. Won the contested ball, um, you know, been able to give our forwards, you know, ample opportunities going inside 15. We were able to defend quite well. So, um, again, we should take some confidence over the last two times we've played them and also in the first half against the last time. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can bring that on, on Thursday week. Danny, it's hard to believe that Kitty Coleman is only 22 and he's played less than 40 games, but he is such a cool, calm customer. He is the epitome of smooth. He's like Fonzie out there. He is a bit. Uh, nothing worries him too much, Kitty, and um, he just gets on with what he does, but he's uh, certainly come a long way this year. He's obviously had a couple of uh, injury setbacks, which he's been out for you know four or five weeks at a time, but he's been able to come straight back into the side and, and just do what he does. So he's been a... Um, you know, a big positive for us this year in our back line and, you know, helping the likes of Richie uh, back there and staff, etc. So he's one of the shining lights for us. After last year's final series, um, much was made of da- Joe Danaher being quiet and he himself said, I-, I need to have more impact, especially in these big games. Is that something the club is asking oh. of him? Oh, no, no doubt. I think last year's final series, we didn't have DMAC or... Well, hippie there, so, um, you know, he's a bit one out. Um, so all the attention went on to him from the opposition. But I think with the three key forwards uh, all playing, it makes it a, a little bit easier in terms of the fact that they all have to get a, a match-up and a hard match-up and mm. someone gets off the chain. But, um, you know, Joe, Joe puts, um, you know, extreme pressure on himself to perform well in big games. And, um, you know, again, he'll be the, the hardest worker on the track in the next week or so. And... Um, Hopefully he can have a good final series. So I think if he plays some good football over the next four weeks, it, it helps us with an enormous opportunity to, to go as far as we can. Danny, what's the week look like for the team? Because you do have an extended break, 10 days. To, do, you, do you let them get away? Do you let them freshen up? Or do you bring them back in and go, right, we've got a bit of work to do? Uh, well, the boys have the weekend off. Um, and they'll have today off apart from injury clinic where they'll come in and, and see where they're at. Um, and then we'll get to work tomorrow. Um, reviewing the game and, and get working hard on the training track on Tuesday and Thursday and possibly Saturday morning um, and then go and watch our VFL team play in the qualifying final and um, yeah, next week we'll generally do the same Tuesday, captains run Wednesday and play Thursday so we'll get a few sessions into the boys over the next 10 days which will be good um, get some energy back on the track uh, get some excitement for September and hopefully put our best foot forward Do you trust the system or do you have to reinvent it at this time of year? after what happened to uh, no, no, Friday no. night? No, 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 we'll trust the system. Um, I think one thing we did against Melbourne, which we didn't do last time, was we were able to win the contested battle through the midfield um, and the clearance battle, which, you know, we got um, smashed in in uh, the MCG game. But, uh, you know, forward of the football, we lost the contested ball. Melbourne's defenders were just far too good. So, um, you know, our system uh, will remain. We just need to get better at the system. Danny, really appreciate your time. I know fronting up after losses like that are, are never easy and you've been uh, very uh, open and honest with us. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, enjoy the next 10 days because that's what it is, playing in September. As you said, there's 10 teams that aren't. Carlton are one of them. And uh, you have a big job against uh, against Richmond next Thursday. No worries. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. There we go. Danny Daly, the general manager of footy at the Brisbane Lions. Lions fans, even the casual fan. What you just heard then, does that instill you with confidence? What did you make of Cam Rainer's tackle? I think there's every chance he's going to get off. It wasn't a sling tackle. The fact that Ben Brown has got up with the big mark and bleeding nose because he was slammed into the cricket pitch or he went head first into the cricket pitch. Does Cam Rainer deserve a week 
for that. Noah Answorth, it was striking. That vision hasn't emerged yet. Neil Bullen uh, wasn't too well after that. Lions fans, your thoughts. 13 13 55 0467 736 We'll hit the open line very shortly. Uh, some big news that happened over the weekend as far as Australian cricket is concerned, and it slipped under the radar a bit, but I reckon this will have significant ramifications going forward. David Warner, he's reignited his Big Bash career almost a decade since he's played Big Bash. He signed a two-year deal with the Sydney Thunder. So after the test series are finished, he'll be available for at least five games, hopefully finals. Why this is such big news? Well, he's turned his back on cashed-up rival leagues, including the new UAE Emirates comp. For me, I, I know it's important, um, you know, and, and I know that uh, Cricket Australia and all the other players and the future generation will benefit from me playing. Um, obviously, due to playing all three forms, it's been difficult for me to play uh, in the Big Bash, and I've, I've mentioned that plenty of times before. I'm almost at the back end of my career. Um, I don't know how much time I've got left, so for me, it's important to, to give back um, for, the, for the future of our game and make sure it's in a great place um, come the new domestic um, TV rights deal. David Warner yesterday, and that last line from him was huge. It's huge for David Warner. It's huge for Cricket Australia. It's huge for the contracted players, the TV deal, the next broadcast deal. That's where they get their money from to pay the players. So it's in David Warner's best interest to make sure that it is the best possible product. The Big Bash, it is the big money spinner for Cricket Australia and for the TV networks who bid on it as well. You need to have a strong Big Bash. It also, this announcement yesterday, fires a shot at those new T20 comps. The ones that are cashed up, the ones that are ready to pummel Big Bash's best. Because Cricket Australia will wear most of the cost of David Warner's contract with the Thunder. It'll sit outside the salary cap. And you'd have to think for those matches, those five he's going to play, maybe even finals, it's got to be close to the $700,000 US that we're hearing would have been offered to David Warner from the Emirates Cop that is going to rival Big Bash beyond at the same time in the new year. So Cricket Australia, they're paying the freight if to get a big name like David Warner to play Big Bash. Commercial, Sure but it's in their best interest to do that. So if they do it for David Warner, who else? Did they do it for Steve Smith? Did they do it for Cummins, Hazelwood, Maxwell? They'd have to, wouldn't they? All of a sudden, $700,000 US plus for each of those players going north of that starts to add up. And that's money that Cricket Australia won't have that'll filter down to the States, into the schools, into club cricket. It's why I believe Big Bash franchises need to be privatised. Corporate backing private money, new money into the game to back them, to take the sport forward, but also to put aside or heat off those rival comps who will be coming with the checkbooks open. 13, 13, 55. Tell me I'm wrong. Big bash. I know we're at the pointy end of the footy season, but cricket is firing up right now. We're seeing over the weekend in grade cricket here in Brisbane, and on the Gold Coast, the Test Stars are playing in their new revamped T20 competition. Won't be long before cricket is in the headlines again. In fact, there's a one-day series happening in the top end this weekend. 
So cricket is well and truly on the radar. After 10.30 this morning, an idea of what the Big Bash and Cricket Australia are up against. Because I'll be introducing you to someone at the coalface of this. Someone who is from Brisbane originally, but has spent the last decade and a half in the Middle East. And he's part of Abu Dhabi cricket. He's part of these raiders who are coming in trying to pick our best talent. Big Bash, should it be privatised? Or sure, do you like it the way it is that the states keep funding it? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. You are listening to Mornings with me, Ben Davis, on 693 SENQ, Queensland's new home of sport, or on the Goldie, 1620 AM. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13, 13, 55, or text 0467, 736, 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, 29 away from 10 this Monday morning. Not a cloud in the sky last Friday night, but there was plenty of storm damage smashing Brisbane. Two rounds remaining. Can the Broncos make the top eight? What about the Cowboys? Can they lock down a top two spot? And what is with all the cricket scores? Plenty to run the rule over for the Monday means test. Corey Parker, good morning to you. Morning, Benny. Very quickly, we're just hearing this breaking news, and I don't want to use that word too willy-nilly, but Tom Dearden, a ruptured testicle. My goodness, how long does that keep you out of the game I have no idea. Never had a ruptured testicle. Thank Uh, goodness. However, I mean, you would think that it at least keep you out a week. A week. Like, I I know the surgery's not um, so in depth, but um, I think it's pretty straightforward surgery. But in regards to returning to the field, I, I would assume he wouldn't play this week, um, which is a big game so. for the Cowboys. I mean, they're, you know, they're in the top four. That's a lock already, but they want to go for that top two spot uh, to ensure that they get potentially two home semifinals in a prelim in that. So uh, big loss for the Cowboys, but um, I think he'll be okay the week after. Week after, Dr. Parker has spoken. Uh, it gets the bunnies, but then that's round 25 against the Panthers at home. It'll be a big game mm. for the Cowboys up there. Well, we'll get into them in just a moment, but the Broncos, your yeah. old team, they're, yeah. they're on the precipice right now. They certainly are. I mean, we touched on it every Monday in the means test in and around the Broncos' performances. And, and look, you go back to their performance round 19 against the Parramatta Eels, 36 points to 14. They yeah. were terrific. In a really good spot at that point. I think they'll be about fifth on the table, pressing for a top four spot. Um, that was just, a month ago. Yeah. I just got the sense uh, following that game, they were thinking they were a little bit better than what they were. Um, a fair bit of complacency coming into their game. The following week after that, they got beaten by the Tigers, 32 points to 18. The Roosters, 34 points to 16. They fell over the line against what was a pretty dismal night's outfit last week, uh, the week before last, rather, 28 points to 10. Their litmus test, we said it here last week, was going to be up against the Melbourne Storm, 14 years. I think they haven't beaten Melbourne at Brisbane. They come into that game and they got absolutely taken to school, didn't they? Mm-hmm. 60 points to 12. I mean, it was one of the club's biggest ever losses. Uh, and, and a real reality check in regards to where they are. Uh, so the Broncos need an almighty turnaround because they've got the Raiders right on them, pressing right on them at the moment. And they're a chance of sliding straight out, straight out, not playing semi-final football, which would be catastrophic considering the season that they've had. They've had a terrific season uh, up to date. Uh, but 
you know, it's real. Like, there's four teams on 28 points. The Roosters, Rabbits, Broncos, Raiders. Yeah. Uh, the Roosters, Rabbits, for and against is terrific. Um, the Broncos, uh, minus 21. The Raiders, minus 25. So, it, 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 yeah, they got Parramatta this week, who Parramatta would like to make amends for that last performance that I just touched on round 19. So, big game. 13, 13, 55. You've got a question for Corey Parker. He's with us for the next half an hour plus, the Monday means test. Corey, I don't think Brisbane can make the eight because they need one They need one more win out of two games to lock it in. Where's that win coming from? I don't think it's coming from Parramatta and the Dragons, who had nothing to play for and still have nothing to yeah. play for, their season's done. What they did to the Titans yesterday, yeah. 12 men down, but they put on 12 points in – 12 minutes. Yeah, 46 points to 26 against the Titans. And you're spot on. I mean, they play the Parramatta Eels this week. Now, Parramatta, in my opinion, we've said it many times, I have them in a grand final. Now, it's going to be difficult now that they're outside the top four, but they'll be wanting to press going into, uh, you know, semifinal football. Uh, Mitch Moses back into the team. What a difference he makes. Uh, and, and you're right. You know, the Broncos, they've got the Dragons a week after. So it could come down to... That game against the Dragons, playing for, you know, for and against, etc. Um, whilst the Raiders, the Raiders have got Manly, who were awful on the weekend, and the Tigers, well, boy, oh boy, what a performance they had, 72 points against the Roosters. So the Raiders, you would think, would probably get those two games done. Yeah, they've got the golden mm. run. They've mm. got the dream run. I know, I know, I know Mel Meninga, even though he's part of the Titans setup, he's still a green machine and a Raider uh, at heart. He's... He he is cheering on those Raiders, and he thinks that they have got the the golden run coming into the finals. Corey, take us take us inside a footy club mm. when the wheels fall off, because that that's what's happened in the last yes. month at Red Hill. Yeah, they have. Um, and, and when the wheels fall off, you've got to strip things right back. You got to look for reasons of why you got why you're in the position you're in. In my opinion, the Broncos were, had a terrific season till about four weeks ago because they were willing and able to pay the price defensively for one another. Uh, and that's just quite simply just fallen away. Now that mm. takes a fair bit of, um, you know, physicality to, to go after that defensive mindset in the game off the back of that, they can score points. There's no two ways about it. The Broncos can score points, but defensively they have been awful, awful in the top. Oh, sorry. In the bottom two teams defensively over the last five weeks. In the last three weeks, doing the numbers, 66 missed tackles against the Storm, 25 the week before against Newcastle. And that was a game they won, mm. and they missed 25 tackles. 44 against the Tigers. So 135 mm. missed it tackles. It gets worse. Oh, against the back. Roosters, I should say. Yeah, It's about 180 over the last five weeks. Yeah, they're averaging around 40 missed tackles per game over the last five weeks. Which what's, is, what, what's that? They don't, do they forget how to tackle? Well, it's a mindset. It's an attitude. Like, defense is attitude. Their structure has stood up. Over time, it's shown that this year. It stood up through adversity. It stood up through big games. It stood up through, uh, you know, well-executed attack. But it's an attitude. You've got to actually physically take your body and apply it in a defensive attitude style. They're not doing that. They're not prepared at the moment to pay that price defensively. I'm looking at that team that played Parramatta, and there's not too many – or the back line changed – so the team that beat Parramatta a month ago, mm. Tessie New fullback, Branko yep. Lee in the centres, yep. Jordan Pereira on the wing. Carrigan was there, but he was also part of the Tigers debacle as well. So there was no Cobbo, there was no Tamari Martin, there was no Billy Walters, who were all walk-up starts when you come. But they're there now, and the team's mm. going backwards. Do, 
changes? And it's the same question I just asked of the Brisbane Lions. Yeah. Do, do you react or do you bring in redemption? Do you yeah. let that be a factor? Look, it's too far in the season to start reacting to, to those sorts of um, – uh, you know, to make drastic changes, particularly when you're dealing with your spine. I think Tomato Martin is, uh, he complements the halves in regards to their attack. Uh, so I think he fits that bill. But it, it, it's not the individuals. It's it's collective buy-in from the group. So um, they, like, they, they, as we sort of touched on, this game against the Parramatta Eels, it mm-hmm. could define their season, whether they are playing semifinals or not playing semifinals. It's a huge, huge game. And and just limping into the finals, in my opinion, is not success. Like, I've played in semi-final series before where you've limped in and you're only making up the numbers and you're out the next week. So, uh, big game for the Broncos. They need to find their attitude back defensively and um, the rest could take care of itself after that. 13, 13, 55, the open number 0467736736. You are 693 SNQ, Queensland's new home of sport. Corey, the blowout, the blowout weekend, Ooh. what do you put it down to? Well, there's some teams that it's it's round, well, we're coming into round 24, so there's two games left. They're already, they're already ringing flight, they're already ringing the, flight centre yeah. for, for well, end of season trips. They are. Yeah. Where are we going for a trip? Where, what's doing? Uh, oh, hang on a minute. We've got a footy game to win mm. here whilst they're coming up against... Well, hang on, Broncos, 60-12. Yeah. to 12. They're still in it well, up to their neck. That's true. Whilst there's teams that have got so much to play for. I mean, you look at the Roosters the other night, 72 points, 72 points. That's, it was incredible. 12 tries they run in um, against the Tigers who, you know, their season can't get any worse. They're looking at a wooden spoon. And then, you, you, you know, you're spot on. I mean, 60 points for the Broncos, 42 for the Eels, um, 48 for the Cowboys... It's been a weekend of just blowout scores. So there's plenty to play for for the teams that have things to play for. Now, excluding the Broncos, that was a, a just a domination through the Melbourne Storm and who've got plenty to play for. They're all of a sudden back in the top four. Um, yeah, they had four losses in a row and we're talking about the Melbourne Storm. Were they going to be the real deal this year, etc.? Uh, well, they're back in a big way. Uh, so the yeah, two weeks to go in the competition, some teams are just sort of going, okay, just get me to the end. I've had enough. I've had enough. Now, there might be a, 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 a response this week from some of those teams in regards to, yeah, maybe they can spoil a team or two. Might be, you know, the Broncos. Might be, that uh, you know, the Raiders spoil that. But um, I expect those blowout scores to continue to the end. Okay, see, take me into that mindset. I'm a professional player. Yeah. I'm getting I'm getting paid for it. But yeah. also, I know that we're in a results-based industry. So if you're not getting the results, there'll be an end-of-season review yes. and they'll be looking to move players on, coaches, whatever. I mean, personal pride's got to kick in. But also, where does what's it going to look like for next year, especially for new coaches coming in? Surely you're playing out of your skin to say, hey, I deserve to be here. Yeah, I can't answer or, or, that or, because no. I've never uh, – Personal pride for me when I was going out there to perform was always first and foremost mm. and then playing for the jersey and the club, et cetera. But when things aren't going great, that personal pride's all you got. And some guys, they, they just seem to be okay with just letting that go. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> you know, so when you look at some of those real blowout scores, there's no accountability. There's no responsibility in regards to their own role. And you talk about well-paid athletes. I mean... They just know, oh, I've got a contract next year, the year after. It'll just happen, and it's somebody else's problem, not my problem. So, um, And it happens more often than not these days. It's just, you know, it just seems to be so easy that they can just pass the buck and move on. 
Um, I always found it really difficult to digest that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. 13, 13, 55, your thoughts. Broncos fans, do you make changes heading into the final two rounds? Ezra Mam, he was a... It was a speed bump on on uh, Friday against the Storm. Ten missed tackles personally. Do you change that up? Is Tyson Gamble an option? Where do you change it? Or do you stick fat? 13-13-55, SENQ. It's the Monday Means Test with Corey Parker. Quick break. Back to talk some Cowboys. The team on the up and fighting for a top two spot straight after this. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. And he runs towards big Luciano Lua. Yes, the arms go out. He picks up their sixth. They are in a big mood, the Cowboys. 34 points to four and a kick to come. Yeah, Luciano Leilua, one of the buys of the season. A pick-up halfway through, the Cowboys would go on against the Warriors 48-4, to one of the blowouts. Corey Parker, my guest, as he is every Monday morning for the Monday Means Test. Corey, we know Luciano has been fantastic, another 140-odd metres, yeah. or just under 140-odd metres, uh, one of the leading forwards outside of Jason Tomalolo running. But it, it's their defence that has just been or will be the cornerstone to a premiership run for them. Yeah, certainly will be. Their defence second best in the competition behind the Penrith Panthers. I mean, it has stood the test of time. Their, you know, their application in regards to the finer points or the small areas of the game has been exceptional. Exceptional. And, and hats off to the whole group and also the coaching staff because they were awful last year. 13th or 14th last year in mm. regards to where they were on the ladder. Their defence at best was, was paper thin. Uh, it's been priority in the off season. They have worked extremely hard, and they're getting, they're bearing the fruits of that now. I mean, there's at the moment what are they third on the on the ladder? Potentially could finish second, uh, which would be huge, huge for the Cowboys if they're able to get a home semi final week one. And if they can win that, they'll be looking at a prelim final in North Queensland. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to the Cows. They are flying at the moment based on their defence. Yeah, imagine that a home final in Townsville if they finish top two. And then a prelim after that, if they win it, it's uh, going to lift the roof off the stadium, which doesn't have a roof. But if it did, it'd be blowing right off. Hey, very quickly, Tommy Dearden. Yeah. What, what, what do you do this week? If you're actually, well, hang on, let me ask you this. Did did um, uh, Pete Wallace? Pete Wallace had he a broke similar. A nut. Yeah, he yeah. broke a nut in an Origin game um, <laughs> against can, Queensland. Can you, did, is it, I don't know. Testicle. Yeah. No, no I'm just. Do you break it? I don't know. Uh, anyway, you split it in half. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you do with the Cowboys, uh, mate? Oh, well, hang on. Well, how, how long did Pete Wallace have I can't to be remember, but he, he, he soldiered on in that second half mm. uh, for the New South Wales team. But um, uh, and look, if you're just joining us for the first time today, uh, news out of North Queensland. It's been revealed this morning that Tom Dearden uh, ruptured his testicle mm. in that game against the Warriors. P- played on, was at the medicals the next day and said, doc, this is a bit sore. <laughs> yeah. And they figured out there was a problem. So he will have to undergo surgery. Um, you, you, you think possibly a week. I'm, as I said, I was yeah, trying to get a gauge I'm, on Pete Wallace. I'm just, I'm just clutching there. Yeah. I, I'm not sure, but I'm sure I'm he was too probably, after that. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Uh, I mean, they got, yeah, they got some wonderful players up there. They got the ability to put drink water out of fullback into that five, eight role for one week, for example, mm. and put hammer back into the fullback role. So they could do that, uh, which I think that's what they, May do. They've got Ben Hampton still there also um, that can fill into that halves role. Yeah, so I think they're okay. Um, and looking at it, 
I think Tommy did, and Mo, it could just do him the world of good. I, I know it's not what you no, want. No, I know it's not what he wants. But the fact that he's able just to have a a, a week off, um, refresh. It's been a big year for him. Played State of Origin. Been a, he's been terrific all season, uh, and then back for round twenty five into the finals. All right, one of Patton Heels is loyal list is Cuzzy Bros on the line. Cuzzy, morning. Hey, how are you? Very well. Talk me through. Tom Dearden's injury. Right. You want to shed some light on this? The most famous thing that I've ever heard of for a scrotum injury, it's been, it's had 1.6 million hits on YouTube, right? It's It happened in 1986, All Blacks and France, in France, oh. and the match was really brutal. Buck. Right? Mm. It's actually called the Battle of Nantes, where it, where it was played at, right? So Wayne Shelford was number eight, right? He's become famous all-back captain, never to lose a match while being captain, right? But anyway, it was known back in those days that the French were on the gear, like like an, amphetamine usage. And Hang on, ste- steady, steady on, steady on. <laughs> we don't want to get ourselves into too big a trouble. No, 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 no. No, no, I was not being in trouble because there was actually a complaint made to the IRB about it and they took some action on it. So, but, so anyway, what happened was he got trucked trapped in the bottom of the ruck, right? The first thing that happened to him, he got kicked in the head and he lost teeth, right? Mm. He still kept on playing, right? And then later on in that match, he was at the bottom of the ruck, he got kicked in the groin, right? Mm. By a French boot. And he kept on playing. He, he got a squeeze bottle of water and squeezed it down there and kept on playing. Mm. So he played for the rest of the match and he was in the change rooms afterwards and, you know, after a pretty hard match, and um, dropped his pants to go for a shower, mm. and the other players went, "Holy dude, look at that!" Mm. And they, they were actually testicles were actually hanging out of the scrotum. Oh! He went upstairs. <laughs> he went upstairs and got stitched up. Like he he, just, he kept on playing. Oh! <laughs> yeah, there's some. I was about to say there's some tough nuts out there, but I just did. There's some uh. tough characters out there, Cuzzy. <laughs> thank you, yeah, Wayne Shelford. Um, <laughs> Buck. Um, Chris Flannery did it. Uh, Peter Wallace has done it, and now poor Tom Dearden has got to go through mm. it, Corey. Yeah. I think right now, while we just take a deep breath, <clears throat> we'll take a break in a couple of deep <laughs> breaths and reset on the other side of this. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Yeah, news up in about 90 seconds. There are Bronco believers out there. The Broncos can make the finals, said Sean. They just need to rectify defensive structures, yes. But the forwards also need to control the middle. They've been dominated in the ruck, not allowing Reynolds and Mam to have any space or time. Uh, and Josh, he said, yes, we are meeting, missing Paddy. Huss needs to perform and lead the pack, get our defence in order, and the tack will flow off the back of that. Exactly what Corey mm. Parker has been saying. Uh, Corey, judiciary has just dropped. We'll step through that after the news with Vanessa at 10. And the top eight, wide open. Let's explore that. Who you think will make it, who you think will drop out. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Off and running this Monday morning here on SCNQ, Queensland's new home of sport.
now on SENQ 693am. All the news and views from a big weekend in sport. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, thanks for your company this Monday morning, top of 21 degrees. We're heading for, we're knocking on the door of 19 right now in Brisbane, the best city the best state, the best country in the world. We have tickets to give away to in the next two hours. It is a Titans and Knights ticket blitz, five double passes to give away. When you hear one of the Titans NRLW girls jump on the air, you need to jump on the line, 13, 13, 55, to win. The first five callers through will be heading to Rabina uh, for this weekend. It's a Sunday double header. Uh, Corey Parker, Titans and Dragons over the weekend. I know you tipped the Titans, so many did because of the way they played the weekend before. But what did you make of what you saw mm. there down in Wollongong? Well, it's just sort of been the tale of their season, hasn't it? I mean, 26 points they scored, but they let in 46. Uh, and at different parts in that game, they look very good. But it's just the inconsistencies that they're able to you know, keep that standard over an 80-minute performance, which is why uh, they languish around 14th or 15th spot. Uh, so, look... I've said it before, the season can't finish quick enough for some teams and the Titans being one of those. So they're going to look to try and finish with a bit of a positive. Last week was a good step forward in regards to that. Uh, again, failed against the Dragons in Wollongong yesterday, but um, two more remain. All right, charges from yesterday have just been dropped. The NRL judiciary, uh, or by the match reviewers, I should say, uh, and it all comes from that match. It's all Dragons. Josh Maguire gets a $1,000 fine for dangerous contact. But mm. this could actually play into the Broncos' hands, these next two. Uh, Moses Mbai, a careless high tackle in that first minute of the match on Phil Sammy. He's facing two matches yeah. with an early plea. So that's him, season done, done and dusted. Francis Molo uh, for the send-off. Mm. He is looking at four matches. So that's the next two and obviously into next year. Um, that was his hit on Patrick Herbert. So there's two players at least down for the Dragons when it comes to the Broncos, not this week, but next. So that's got a, I guess, yeah, auger two, in the- two pretty influential players for the Dragons there. Mbai obviously can play a lot of positions and he's pretty um, versatile in that regard. Mm. Uh, Francis Molo, whilst being a, a pretty handy player, he can be replaced quite easily just a middle forward. So they will miss those two players. But, um, yeah, they've got Sullivan there who may get an opportunity now with nothing left to play for. Um, and also, you know, well, they've got plenty of middle forwards. So they'll be okay. All right. Corey Parker, my guest, as he is every Monday morning, 347 games of first grade origins played for Australia, uh, grand finals as well. But I know actually you have been an assistant coach at the Broncos. I know you put your hand up to say, I'll go out and help the Titans. But I reckon you've got that coach's vibe in you, considering what we heard on Saturday night as far as your Fox footy commentary. I just remind you of this. Go and have a good sleep, Noddy, because there's nothing else you can do. There's no point, in all honesty, I mean, look, I've sort of given him a bit of a bath, to be fair, but him yawning there is what they've done. They've put him to sleep. Like, there is absolutely nothing that Noddy can say to the team after a 72-point thrashing that is going to resonate with any of them. Trust me, any of them. He's not there next year. He doesn't have a part in the club. They've just had 72 points put on him. Every individual cannot look each other in the eye. And he's going to sit there and address him? Please, just walk out, 
let them do their own thing. Sometimes less is more. There is not a word he can say. They'll have individuals stand up and say, boys, I'm sorry, and all. It's, it's rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Get your gear, get in the showers, or don't even have a shower, get in the car and get out of there. Harsh words, Corey, to the mm. West Tigers after that uh, dismal performance, as you just said, 72 points put on them. Yep. One of the blowouts from the weekend. And it's one of the teams the Raiders have to face on that run home to make up the top eight. Who gets into the top eight? Who drops out for you? I still think Brisbane slip into the top eight. Like, they're, they're there at the moment. Um, the Raiders have Manly and Tigers, and they've got, you know, they've Susan still firmly in their own hands. Mm. Brisbane have got Para and the Dragons. I think Brisbane can win at least one of those games, at least one which you would see them maybe hang on into that top eight. It, it's going to be an intriguing battle the next two weeks between uh, those two sides. Uh, and that's, you know, assuming that, um, you know, the Rabbits and the Roosters continue on their winning run moving forward. So uh, I think the top eight will stay as is. It's just a matter of how good you are, uh, you know, when you get there. Like what sort of form you have running into the finals at the moment. I mean, you look at the Roosters, they are absolutely flying. Six wins in a row. Uh, the Rabbits will be it. They lost against the Penrith Panthers on the weekend, uh, looking pretty good. The Broncos, on the other hand, if you're looking at the bottom four of the top eight, hmm. they're probably the worst performing team out of those four. And they have the worst four and against as well. 21 points in the positive, whereas the Raiders are 25 points in the negative. So there's a 50-point gap there or close to it that they have to make up. The Raiders... Uh, if they win both games and the Broncos yeah. win one of their others. Just back on the West Tigers, James Tarmow, an old teammate of yours as far as yep. Australia is concerned. You've played with him in test yep. level. Uh, it, it looks like his career is now done. He hasn't got a contract for next year. Mm. He was a leader at the Tigers. That send-off, he's got a two-match ban after giving it uh, both barrels to uh, to Cummins. What – is that in James Tarmow's makeup? I mean, what's going no, on? It's, with look – I mean, first and foremost, you can't be addressing referees the way he did. Now, he, he used an expletive and called him incompetent. Um, he's been given two matches for that. Highly frustrated, 72 points, captain of the club, been through a lot, and he just let for a moment in time, he just got like, frustration get to him, and that's what he said to do, the referees. Does that highlight where West Tigers oh, are oh, right now? Doubt. Yeah, without doubt. They're all in limbo. They're, they're zombies, basically. A coach that is not going to, as you said, not have any impact, not going to be there next year. Yeah. So what, what, do they, what do they need to do to to be relevant again? They need to get to the off-season quickly. Um, and, and, and I said it on Fox League the other night. I mean, Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall, if they haven't already, need to get that group in front of them and address them that every one of those players is playing for their future. They need a complete change, complete change. whole business model is not working. It, it hasn't for over a decade have not played finals for over a decade. Luke Brooks, who's the half there at the moment, who's injured, has never, ever played in a semi-final game. Ever. Wow, that's David telling, Norfolo- isn't it? Da- David Norfoluma, who's now gone across to the Storm, will play in his first ever final series. It's just so hard for me to comprehend. So them as a club hasn't worked. So whatever it is, they need to go from the coaching system, from the defensive structures, right through the whole thing with a fine-tooth comb and change it. And if they don't change it, they'll continue to get what they're getting. 
Now, for, for, for Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall, who are going to be the interim, or not the interim, the coaches moving forward, Benji's going to be the assistant and then mm. go to the head coach, needs to eat, breathe, and sleep defense. They just do. So Benji was always an attacking player. Um, Tim Sheen's always very innovative in regards to how he wants to attack, not so much the defensive mindset. Now, you look at the Cowboys and what they've done. They changed all their approach, all their approach, second-best defensive team in the competition, sitting second. And they didn't really change too much personnel, the Cowboys, they, did, did they? Well, they brought Chad Townsend into the group. Oh. Yes. Who, who's a change, but you're right. No, they didn't. And Luciano Leilu has come into the team Mid, late. Mid-season, yeah. But outside of that, it's been collectively the same group. And it leads me to think that surely Tigers players, and, and, and in player who's sitting down the bottom, the Titans are the same, Bulldogs, that you know that you're under the microscope. You know you're under the pump. There's a new coach coming in. Yeah. Maybe not in the Titans' light, but there's new coaches coming in the Bulldogs, new coaches coming in the Tigers. Surely you want to put your best foot forward to 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 impress, mm. to to say keep me here. Yeah, well you do, but some players are already on multi-contracted deals, so they know that they're there. They're content. They're complacent with where they're at and what is they're that doing. the issue? Well, yeah, it is. It has to be, because otherwise you would be playing for your life. Because essentially that's what it is, right? They're playing for their futures. Um, as you just touched on, James Tamo doesn't have a future in the game. No one signed him. Uh, but the, some of these players are just happy with collecting their next paycheck and not on their performance. But for the Tigers, uh, and the Titans for that matter, they need a complete change from the whole foundations. And it's got to be around defence. Let's open Pandora's box and it's a conversation we continue next week as well. But just on that, multi-year contracts, players are comfortable, players are settled. Does there need to be some sort of performance clause put in there, Corey. Does it need to be an issue where, yes, there's X amount of money guaranteed, but to get your full whack, you actually need some KPIs? Yeah, well, it's it's a difficult one, right? Because from a player's perspective, you're only in the game for like, 10 to 12 and, years. And I totally get that. Period, yeah. So you want to try and secure uh, an income through that time. But... Um, from a business point of view, there's high risk involved, right? You get given a, a salary cap. Uh, some teams, you know, spend that salary cap quite heavily on a few players, and and the, the risk that goes with that is a an injury or b form. Um, and we've seen at different stages, highly highly paid athletes, uh, like rugby league players, is quite simply not delivering. So that's the risk you do take also. Uh, but then on the other side, you see players that sign one year deals. Like I remember, Sonny Bill used to sign one year deals, which for me, wouldn't sit well because I like to know that where I'm going, what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, but some players are okay with that, and they back their ability and they back the you know that they can perform and then the next year do it again. Um, so it's an interesting one. Uh, Daily Cherry Evans, ten year deal. Tell Malolo, ten year deal. Uh, it, it, yeah. You just like to think that with the coaching staff that you have and the foundations of your club would ensure that the individuals would continue to consistently perform at a high level. Would you be open to a a guaranteed part of your contract? So at least you know this money is coming in. But uh, there, there, there may be... You wouldn't find a player, nor would I as a player, sign yeah. a deal with KPIs. <laughs> well, and, and I know that's hard to, to build around, yeah. but, but, but surely that's a quick fire way of stopping one, what well, we're one, seeing. One way of doing it, I suppose, if, if signing player A... If, for whatever reason, for mm. 500000 yeah. and they're happy with that, okay? 
But you throw a KPI in there that says, okay, if you hit this, 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 and this, mm. we'll give you an extra 100. Yeah. Well, then it's a bit different, isn't it? Maybe yeah. that's a, an incentive. I mean, I know, I think Kevin Walters has a, some KPIs in his contract. If the Broncos play top four, he gets an extra 50. If they play finals, he gets an extra mm. 25. If they do both, he gets 75. Something like that. So maybe there is something in that. It'd be interesting to see everyone's take. I know there used to be, and maybe there still is, uh, the performance of or making rep teams. Mm. If you get picked for origin, you, you get a bonus, you yeah. get a bump. Yep. And then this is where teams get in trouble with the salary yeah, cap. Yeah, the that... Broncos fell into that uh, that sort of trouble a long, a long time ago. There was a, a heap of players that sort of um, had those in their contract, yeah. and they're easy sort of sign-offs from a club's point of view that maybe gets a player over the line, then all of a sudden – some injuries go down and clubs are giving up five and six, seven, ten players and all of a sudden they're over the cap. So uh, interesting point, though. Interesting point. Interesting to see. Because if, if, if you're making a rep team, mm. you're playing well. Yes. If you're making playing, if you're playing origin, you, you're, you're in great form. So it's a win-win for the club. But does there need to be more than that for those players who aren't eligible for origin? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 all right. Really think about it. Go away. Right? Do some homework. Come back. We'll get our uh, we'll get our loyal crew at SENQ here to give us some ideas as well. Would you, as fans, like to see that thirteen thirteen fifty five? I know, I know. There's a big whack in reality. Again, put it back to your own situation at work. If you're on sixty grand a year, seventy grand a year. Oh, but you're only guaranteed fifty unless you hit these bonuses mm. or hit these points. Could you cop that? Maybe you're a boss that actually does that. Maybe you're under a contract does that. How does it work? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Corey, homework for next week. Sounds come, good. C- come back and give me a model how that will work. Because you, you've been there. You've been there, you know. And no one wants to reduce how much they're taking no, home. No one, no one puts their hand up when they're going through a bit of bad form and says, here's another 100. Here, take that back. I've been awful. Yeah. <laughs> but there again, if you're sitting around, I mean, if you're, and this is only numbers we can all dream of, but if you're guaranteed $350,000, $400,000, yeah. and I know you only make it for a short amount of time, I totally yeah. get that. But if you're on that type of money, that's, surely you can make decisions going forward for your family based on that, mm. based on those figures. Yeah. And the rest is cream, you reckon? <laughs> well, it's a performance-based industry Certainly and is. maybe there be, should be some performance Well, the NFL do that. They sign big term, yeah. big-time big contracts, but you might be only guaranteed $12 million out of a $50 million deal. Yeah. yeah. Mm. How can you live with yourself? Mm. $12 million. Terrible. It is. It is, dude. Corey Parker, catch you next Monday. Good luck. It's, <laughs> good luck with that homework too. 131355. Love to get your view on it. SENQ 693 or 16. 20 a.m. on the Gold Coast, Queensland's new home of sport, 18 minutes past 10. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Uh, Andrew, thank you for your text. Yes, BBL should be privatised. That was it. Very clear cut and simple. In the next 10 minutes, we'll be catching up with, well, a man who knows about the privatisation of cricket competitions. He is based in Abu Dhabi, Brisbane boy originally, uh, but is the head of team Abu Dhabi, who plays in the T10 competition over there. Their leagues are all privatised, all private money, which means that local cricketing body like Cricket Australia, for example, doesn't have to fund them. And that's what we have here in this country. But then they now have to compete with these rival leagues. We'll find out how big a competition that is. We'll find out how deep the pockets are. 
uh, and perhaps Chris Lynn's movements, because it's the reason why he is here in town. We'll do that in about 10 minutes' time, but now it is time for a sport update. Alyssa Smith, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Benny. Oh, wow. So much happening in the world of sport. Let's start with golf. Patrick Cantlay, he's defended his BMW Championship since last season. He claimed a one-shot victory to retain the title. How good. He got a great bounce on the 17th hole that helped him set up a short birdie and led to a two under 69, just enough to pick fellow American Stallings, I should say. Yeah. He, um, he cut it at a 69. Yeah, and he was uh, he was the one to catch, wasn't he, heading into this yes. final round. Adam Scott finished 10 under, mm-hmm. t- tied for fifth, up and down round for Scotty, but he needed an up and down on the 18th, didn't he, to make sure Absolutely. he was going to be playing next week into that top 30 uh, coming into the, the champion, to a championship. So that's uh, good news for the Queenslander there. <laughs> and, and as I said earlier this morning, it actually gives us hope as Queenslanders as far as Footy's concerned because we know Queenslanders <laughs> can do anything, right? It's it's a long boat to draw, yes. but I'm, I'm I'm tapping into Broncos, I'm tapping into Lions, heading mm-hmm. into and towards uh, the finals as well. Uh, a bit of motorsport action happening Absolutely. too, or has happened? Absolutely, has happened. MotoGP overnight to the Austrian Grand Prix at the Red Bull Ring. Now, Francesco Bagnaia, he finished first place. He's had, he's been very lucky this season, or very lucky, or very skillful. Uh, he's had several top podium finishes. Fabio Quartararo finished in second. Aussie Jack Miller, he finished in third once again. He's been on the podium oh. in third spot several times this season. But I've got some news on Remy Gardner. So Remy Gardner rides in the Moto2. And as you may know, he's the son of former 500cc legend Wayne Gardner. Now, he's been tipped to keep his place and ride alongside the returning Paul Espargaro. Um, however... When KTM Motorsports director spoke on the weekend, he said he could not confirm the second rider for his team yet, which leads to the question of, hang on, isn't Remy going to take that spot? But no. So in his quote, he said, there's still a chance to keep our friend Miguel inside the family, which is Miguel Oliveira. Uh, So whether or not he can be convinced to switch from the factory Red Bull team back to Tech 3 is unclear, but fingers crossed Remy can keep his spot there. So we'll yeah. just have to wait and see. Yeah, for the Aussies. Um, mm. I'm going to go back to Jack Miller, being a Queenslander. <laughs> Boy from Townsville. Yeah, there absolutely. We go. It, it, I'm starting to feel a little bit better yeah. after after the weekend because Queenslanders on the – did you watch any of the supercars yesterday? I did. Maybe we need to turn our attention not so much from AFL – well, AFL and NRL, maybe we need to focus more on motorsport ah, at the moment. Well, Queensland-based team. I mean, yes. the uh, Red Bull Racing Empire team there based at Banyo, SVG, mm-hmm. Shane Van Gisbergen. Uh, he has opened up a whopping lead oh, hasn't after he just, Sandown. He, he's a Kiwi, though. He's not a Queenslander. <laughs> no, no, we're going to claim him. We'll, cl- he, we'll he, claim him. He, we'll he lives claim him. here. Yeah, he lives we'll claim here. him. Yeah. Nonetheless. Uh, yeah, he outlasted Will Davison. He recorded his 16th win of the season, which now equals um, – and now, of course, Craig Lowndes' haul, which was mm. set back in 1996. He's still got two more race wins to go to uh, equal Scott McLaughlin. So there is still eight races left, so he can do that. But, yes, as far as the championship standings go, he's 500 points ahead. So you would say that he is tipped to take it out. You can't see him not winning it this season. I know that he said it gives him a, a big whack, a big chance to take a swing at Bathurst where he mm. can really leave nothing. He's not worried about the championship and points. He yeah. can come in to claim the one that they all want, 
<laughs> he wants to be king of the mountain. Before that, though, yeah. he's really looking forward to going home too to New Zealand where they'll be uh, racing there for the first time. And what uh, a way to do it. In a long time. Yeah. Exactly. All right, listen, I'm going to get you, let you go as we do that. Actually, let's hear from the man himself, SVG, on that win yesterday. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming out and supporting us. Hopefully that race was a bit better to watch. Um, it was pretty cool in those first few laps. What an awesome battle. And uh, shame Anton got damaged and, and we couldn't all fight it out. But um, so stoked for the team as well. Double podium. Congrats to Brock and our Red Bull Ampole racing guys. Um, what an awesome weekend. Thank you. Yeah, awesome weekend, awesome driver too. Uh, he will go down as one of the greats. Out of 26 races so far this season, he has won 16 of them, as uh, Lissa alluded to. Scott McLaughlin, he's got the record of 18 wins, which he said back in 2019. So he's hunting them down. You've, you've, you've got to think race wins he is going to eclipse that record. It was a great day for the Holdens too. The Raging Bulls, Brock Feeney, he finished yesterday to, uh, in third place, the final race to claim his third podium of the year. Now, I'm just thinking, uh, it was his 70th title win or 70th race win, I should say, for for uh, for Shane Van Gisbergen. He's only the fourth driver in Supercars history to do that. So he's in rarefied air. He's up there with the team boss now, Jamie Wincup. Craig Lowndes and Mark Scaife. Only four drivers to have won 70 races in their career, and he joins the likes of those three. How good. Off to New Zealand next, which he'll be very, very excited about. Uh, Over the weekend, too, we saw the jewel in the pool be reignited. This is Australia v. America, the United States in swimming, the two superpowers of world swimming. And it was in Sydney. It's a multi-race format event. There's point systems. They do weird and wonderful things like 50-meter medleys, and they just tell you what stroke you're going to do before the race starts. So it is sort of built around crowd entertainment and crowd fun. But we had a chance to win it last night, but Australia went down again, 283 points to the US's 309. But I tell you what, it was good to see too. A lot of our Commonwealth Games swimmers backing up. Emma McKeon was leading the charge there, but Shana Jack back into the pool after Birmingham. And she was, well, she took out, <clears throat> excuse me, the three by 50 meter freestyle. See, again, three by fifties. It's such a weird and wonderful race, but she took that out. Uh, we also saw the rise of Molly O'Callaghan too, but Shana Jack, she is just extraordinary. I had the pleasure of catching up with her on Friday night. She was at the Lions match, part of the crowd near where we were, and uh, just an extraordinary person. I, I do want to get her on the program, and I'll attempt to do that as things die down for her as far as swimming is concerned, because what she has been through over the last three years, is just hard to fathom, hard to imagine. If there was a gold medal for adversity, she'd win bronze. Uh, she'd win gold, silver, and bronze, which is actually what she did in Birmingham, didn't she? Gold, silver, and bronze. Uh, not only to overcome the, the drug saga, what her family went through, what she went through, but then to break a hand uh, leading into Birmingham at the Worlds to come home, have surgery, and make that. I mean, this is one extraordinary athlete. And she's sitting right under our noses as well. Congratulations, Shana. Congratulations to all the Aussies too. But sadly, the jewel in the pool is headed back to the States. We're going to head to a news update. On the other side of this, we're going to talk cricket. Big Bash, the privatisation of which and Chris Lynn's future next here on SENQ. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736.
Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, 26-11. We've still got those tickets to give away to the double header down at Rabina this weekend, the Titans and Knights. All you need to do is listen out for one of the Titans NRL players to say good day and give you your cue to call. We'll give away the tickets to the first five callers coming through. Mentioned a little bit earlier in the program, David Warner has signed on for Big Bash for the next two summers. He hasn't played for about a decade. Obviously, international commitments have been an issue, but he has turned his back on cashed-up rival leagues, including the new UAE Emirates competition. For me, I, I know it's important, um, you know, and, and I know that uh, Cricket Australia and all the other players and the future generation will benefit from me playing. Um, obviously, due to playing all three forms, it's been difficult for me to play uh, in the Big Bash, and I've, I've mentioned that plenty of times before. I'm almost at the back end of my career. Um, I don't know how much time I've got left, so for me, it's important to, to give back um, for, the, for the future of our game and make sure it's in a great place um, come the new domestic um, TV rights deal. David Warner there yesterday after signing that deal with the Sydney Thunder. They're going to look into his captaincy and see if Cricket Australia will lift that ban about him captaining teams as well. But I think it's a pretty political move from Cricket Australia. They're going to pick up most of the freight for this for David Warner, having it sitting outside the Big Bash salary cap. And they have to do that to attract the best players, to make sure the best product is going forward because these rival leagues are coming. It's why I think... The Big Bash franchises need to be privatised. They need to have corporate backing. They need to have new money come into the game to allow Cricket Australia, and in the case of the Heat with Queensland Cricket, allow them to put their money into the development of the game, to put it into the grassroots, to put it back into club cricket. But these franchises, the Heat, the Strikers, the Thunder, the Scorchers, the Hurricanes, they all need to be able to compete with rival competitions. To get an idea of what they're up against, I want to introduce you to someone who is at the coalface. He he is a Brizzy boy, but for the last 15 years, he has been based in the Middle East. Shane Anderson is head of partnerships at Abu Dhabi Cricket, and he's the general manager of Team Abu Dhabi. They're a T10 franchise, and they've just made Chris Lynn their captain for November's competition. Shane, he's back home for the first time in a while. Mate, it is great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Much changed in South East Queensland since you left. Oh, hello, Shane. You there? Okay. All right. We will try and hello, get ben. you. Oh, there hello, we ben. go. Can you hear me? No, now? there we go. Got you now, mate. Got you now. <laughs> uh, welcome home. Hi. Welcome home. Uh, much changed since you left Southeast Queensland a decade and a half ago. Well, I mean, you know, obviously I've been I'm back a few times for holidays, uh, you know, over that period, and uh, COVID um, COVID caused some issues with regards to the last two or three years. So uh, I'm back for the first time in four years, and I've got to say, um, I'm based up here on the Sunshine Coast at the moment. I'm absolutely loving the weather. Um, I've spent a few days down in Brisbane uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, Brisbane's absolutely grown up. I mean, it's, a, it's certain parts of the, the city that I found hard to recognise. So, uh, yeah, it's great, though. It's great to be back in Brisbane, great to be back in Queensland, and I'm uh, enjoying every minute of it. Shane, tell us about Team Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I mean, um, Team Abu Dhabi uh, was a, a T10 franchise team born from the, um, the, the Abu Dhabi T10 tournament. So that tournament has now been running... Uh, for uh, this will be the fourth year in, in Abu Dhabi uh, in the UAE, um, the, uh, the the actual tournament um, 
initially based in Sharjah, up just uh, north of Dubai. And uh, four years ago, we saw an opportunity, uh, yeah, being part of the Abu Dhabi government setup, uh, to bring that tournament to Abu Dhabi. And uh, we've had three seasons now. Uh, there's been fantastic growth and development of that league. And uh, as we're about to head into season four um, uh, in Abu Dhabi, uh, it's exciting. And uh, you know, obviously, the today's chat around franchise cricket. I mean, I think we've pretty much uh, reached peak franchise cricket uh, this year. I mean, I think that window we're talking about, we have uh, the Big Bash, we have the new ILT20, which is the Emirates T20 League. We've got the South African T20 League, which um, has sort of been a bit start-stop in the past. That's now confirmed with uh, a significant amount of new investment uh, into that league, which will also happen in that January-February window. And the Bam uh, Bangladesh Premier League also penned for that window. So, I mean, if that's... Uh, I think it's all sort of come to a head uh, in January, February of next year. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how that all plays out. The T10 competition that Team Abu Dhabi is involved in, that, that's not mm. a rival to Big Bash, is it? It's just in a small window at the, uh, at the end of November. But you're out here to, to finalise things with Chris Lynn. He's going to be your captain this year. Yeah, look, we've, uh, we're, we're definitely speaking to Chris. Uh, we were speaking to a couple of people. I'd love to have Chris come and join us. We're in the sort of the last stages of negotiations on that. Um, but yeah, as, as, a, as an Australian, as a Queensland boy, I've, I've sort of, uh, Chris actually played against my team a couple of years ago playing for one of the, um, uh, the Indian-based teams. And he, uh, he, uh, he actually uh, scored a lot of runs against us. So I think, uh, I think at that point I said to him, mate, we need to get you playing for Team Abu Dhabi. And unfortunately, there has been a couple of clashes over the last couple of years because of, because of COVID and the quarantine rules around um, playing in the Big Bash. Um, the two tournaments have clashed a little, which hasn't allowed him to play into that. But um, this year, there's definitely no clash, no quarantine rules. And so um, he is available and we hope to uh, make a, a, an exciting announcement about that over the next few days. All right, and, and I'm glad you went down that path because that's the thing. It's almost on an evil playing ground now. We know the last couple of years have been hard globally to, to get around and move and players have been reticent to, to quarantine where, wherever they may be around the world. And Shane, your, your background is in, is in sports marketing. You've, you've worked with FIFA. You've been around ICC World Cups. You've had the IPL come to town uh, in Abu Dhabi and you're part of the world. When, when, you, when you see the Big Bash still being funded by Cricket Australia and everyone else is privatised. What, what, what's your immediate thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting question. I think uh, the Big Bash is, is a fantastic product. I mean, I'm a huge fan, watched it for many, many years. Uh, obviously, there has been murmurings around the last few years that there's, um, you know, it maybe goes on for a little bit too long. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of competition now, particularly uh, coming up uh, with regards to the, the big international stars and their... Uh, you know, almost getting into bidding wars with, um, you know, with some of these other uh, franchise leagues. And I, I think that's obviously going to come to a head uh, this year. And I do feel a little bit for Cricket Australia because obviously, the, um, you know, the, it, it's run by the, um, by the uh, domestic association. They do have limits on, on what they can do. And obviously, you know, it's a fair comment when you hear some of the players coming out, some of the Australian domestic players saying, look, you know, we, we, we feel a bit... You know, we don't feel overly comfortable. The fact that an AB de Villiers or, you know, some of these big international players are coming in on, on three, four hundred thousand dollar contracts where um, obviously the Australian players aren't being offered that sort mm. of money. So it's um, 
It's difficult. I mean, and you know, to give to give you a, a good example, you know, one of the most sought after sort of T Twenty international players, Andre Russell. I mean, he's sitting back now, and he's got three big T Twenty franchise leagues all chasing his uh, his signing. So it really is coming down to a bidding war. Him and his agent are sitting back, sort of licking their lips, thinking, "Well, let's let's wait and see what the, the biggest biggest offer that comes in." And that's, I guess, which puts. Uh, Cricket Australia a little bit on the back foot, and uh, which leads to your conversation with regards to the privatisation of the Big Bash, and uh, it seems almost inevitable. Shane, is it sustainable then? I mean, how big a threat are we talking that the ILT, which seems to be the, the, the main rival, how big a threat is it to Big Bash? Um, look, I think with regards to the sort of money that's going to be on offer to some of these players, it's, it's a huge threat. And, and don't underestimate what they're doing in South Africa also. We've had a couple of the IPL teams buy into the South African franchise as well. So there's talk around uh, some big money being thrown around there. So I think, uh, as I said earlier, I think it's really going to franchise cricket's going to come to a bit of a head over the next couple of months. And uh, it's, it's really going to come down to a bidding war and... Uh, you know, again, you talk about sustainability of some of the, these leagues, and I think maybe some will come and some will go. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, we're going to know a lot more um, over the next six months with regards to the, what the landscape looks like moving forward. Shane, can you give us a ballpark? What, what type of contracts are we talking about? What, what type of money is on offer here? I mean, I'm just I'm just going on what I read in the media, I guess, which um, which you also see. But you know, there's talks of some of the top players in the South African league being offered four or five hundred thousand US dollars um, for a you know for a two month tournament. Um, you know, we've seen the sort of money that flies around in the IPL. Uh, I'm sure the Emirates T20 League, which I'm not personally involved in, we're just a host venue inside mm. Cricket Stadium, Abu Dhabi, for that one. But um, I'm sure we're talking the same sort of money. So. Yeah, I mean, and the, the other, I guess the other attractiveness to some of these international leagues is that um, there's no quota uh, on the amount of local players that are required to have in their team. So when you've got the ability to open your batting with Andre Russell and uh, Owen Morgan, for example, or Liam Livingston, um, you know, and you, you can fill your team with, with some of the best international players in the world, again, that, that gives you a little bit of a, a head start against some of the domestic leagues that... Um, have quotas with regards to the domestic players involved. What, what about your league, the, the T10 one? What, what, are the, what are the top players' contracts ballpark? Uh, look, we're, we're a very, yeah, we're, we're a different league. We're, you know, one, of the, one of our USPs, and, 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 the, and the reason why the players love playing it is because it's, it's very quick. It's all over and done within sort of 12 to 15 days. The players come in. Obviously, T10s are shorter formats, mm. so they're, they're 10 overs per side as opposed to 20. Um, you know, so um, we, when, when we do our numbers and we sit down, and we put our commercial deals together and on, a, on a pound for pound basis and, and, and on a daily rate, we're, uh, we're, we're right up there with the other leagues in the world. But, um, you know, you, you can do the math yourself to work out, you know, if, if you're playing for two months in the Big Bash uh, and you're required there for that full eight weeks uh, playing every couple of days of cricket, then um, it's quite a commitment. So uh, you know, I think the, the, real, the real sort of USP to what we do and we're the only um, ICC sanctioned T10 league in the world is that it's quick, you're in, you're out, you're earning your money and you're moving on to your next, your next venture. I know you're here to speak to Chris Lynn and hopefully formalise something for him or with him for the T10. Any idea about his movements after that competition where he might be going big bash wise or, or, or not? Yeah, I think you just need to pick up the Courier Mail, Ben, to, to, to find out all the information. I think I think he's on the on the back page almost every day over the last couple of weeks on that. So, uh, look, um, you know, I know Chris and his agent are talking to a lot of different parties. You know, Chris is also a very passionate, um, 
you know, Australian, and he wants to, he wants to uh, you know, I'm sure he'd love to play in the Big Bash, and I hope that happens. I hope he gets the opportunity to play in, in, in a number of leagues. But, um, you know, uh, I, I can't really tell you any more than what you're reading in the papers with regards to Chris. Very straight bat there, Shane. I believe you are noted for that. So I really appreciate it. Appreciate your time too. I know, I know. yes, this is a business trip, but you're also getting home to, to see friends and family as well. So you enjoy that sunshine up on the sunny coast and uh, we look forward to seeing what transpires uh, for the uh, Team Abu Dhabi in the T10 uh, before Christmas and then beyond. Appreciate your time. Thanks very much, Ben. Here we go. Shane Anderson, the GM of Team Abu Dhabi, just at the coalface of what is happening in other competitions, professional competitions around the world, privatised, privatisation. It's why I see a tipping point, not in the next few years, but right now for the Big Bash. Because that TV deal that is coming up that we heard David Warner talk about, Big Bash is going to be front and centre of that, and they want to be able to attract the best players. You just heard some of the numbers being thrown around. And when the Big Bash salary cap is at $1.9 million, per team. It's very hard to compete, extremely hard to compete. And you don't want Cricket Australia and the States to be paying overs and to having to foot that bill. Privatisation, big bash. Are you a fan? Would you like to see it based on what you just heard? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Especially if it means for fans getting the best players in front of you at the Gabba or in your lounge rooms. 13 away from 11. We'll hit the open line straight after this. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Uh, news up in about seven minutes' time. It was almost a week ago that Mal Meninga, who we know is an immortal, also proved to be a little bit of Nostradamus. Take a listen. Just looking at the top eight at the moment, it's it's the Raiders are still a chance, mate. You know, so oh, you'd be um, happy with that too. They are still a chance. Week to week. Yes, sorry, you, they're, they're still a chance. You'd be happy with that, the Raiders. Oh yeah, well, they, well I think their draw at the back end of the year is very manageable. You know, so mm. there's a few there's a few teams at the the bottom end of the eight that's under under the pump at the moment, particularly the Eels. You know, so I think um, like round twenty four, we've got the Eels playing against the Broncos. I think that might be a a game that might seal either one of those two teams' favour, particularly if the Raiders keep on keep on winning. You know, so the for and against is still pretty good. So I don't think it's over yet, though. This time last week, that was Mel Meninga, and I kind of went, "What? Broncos Eels? Eels missing out in the finals? No way!" But he has looked into that crystal ball, and none of the bottom four of the top eight are safe. Mal Meninga, after the news at 11. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Yes, Snap Judgments, thanks to Snap Fitness, they are on a mission to help you feel fantastic. Hook, thank you for your message. If the Broncos didn't, don't win this weekend... They are gone. We will not win a must-win against the Dragons. Is it doable against Parramatta Thursday night at Suncorp? Mal Meninga on the other side of this. He'll step us through it. 13-13-55.
or 0467736736. Do you agree with Hook? Can the Broncos win a must-win if it comes down to that against the Dragons next weekend? Now on SENQ 693am, all the news and views from a big weekend in sport. Mornings with Ben Davis. He just closes the door on him. Was it Josh McGuire in fact? Now for Fita, he's charging hard. Just strength from close range. David Fafita. Yeah, Dave Fafita scoring for the Titans against the Dragons yesterday. Sadly, it was only a small highlight because the Dragons went on to win that game with 12 men scoring 12 points in 12 minutes. It's a way we are going to bring in the Titans' high-performance senior advisor. He's also a Kangaroos coach and a mortal. It's a very happy Monday to Mal Meninga. Mal, good morning to you. Or is it a happy Monday after yesterday's result? <laughs> after that introduction, no, it's not. It's not very, I'm not very happy at all. Good. Yeah. You, you shouldn't be. Oh, no. No, no. So, yeah, I mean, I'm... Yeah, it was disappointing again uh, yesterday, but um, yeah, what do you do when you lose your centre early in the piece? Um, we've got had no hooker for any of the game, really, if you think about it, you know. So, But there's no excuses. Um, you know, we've just got to start planning for next year, mate. That's that's the key, you know. So I'm on the goalie at the moment, and uh, we've got some really, um, you know, we're, we're, like I said to you last week, you know, we're, I think behind the scenes, uh, things are in a good, in a good headspace, and people are... Um, in the right positions to, you know, take this club forward. Mal, it seems like there's a few teams already planning for next year. Some may have already had the pre- or post-season trip booked. We saw some horrendous blowouts over yeah. over over the weekend. 466 points were scored. Yeah. It's, a, it's a record since we've had eight games in the NRL. Well, yeah, well rugby league's an attitude thing, you know. I mean, it's it's a hard, physical, aggressive game. It's combative. And you got you got teams, you know, on the you know scoring plenty of points who are still try- jockey for positions uh, in the in the top in the top eight really. You know, we've still got some uh, some games to go the next couple of rounds, and then you've got teams obviously can't make it. So, um, but even the the Raiders on the weekend, yeah, yesterday, you know, struggled to to get over the, a Newcastle team at home. So I mean. You just can't can't pick it at the moment, but it it is an attitude thing, and I just feel that you know a lot of the teams have got hammered on the weekend, um, didn't come with the right attitude or, you know, if they started well and they got their confidence up, they might have made a, a fist of it, but uh, all the top teams, you know, they started well and, and scored p- points earlier that all of a sudden there was a few cues in the rack, rack I reckon, um, you know, over the weekend, definitely. Well, well Mel, where, where does... Where, where does personal pride come into it? I mean, th- these teams that are, that are struggling and have put the cue in the rack for the year, surely they know, players know, that the, the spotlight's on them and, and whatever new coach is coming in or even the, the rebuild, whatever you want to call it for next year, surely they, they know they're in the, the firing line if they haven't performed. So wouldn't you want you to put your I best I agree with that, Ben. You know, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't understand it. I can't understand why players can't be accountable. Um, they're paying, getting paid really good money. 
Um, obviously, you know, I think it comes down to preparation through the week. You know, the coach can only do so much. And at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, how the player's attitude um, turns up on the day, you know. And um, I, I, I honestly, I don't understand why players um, can't put in on a week-to-week basis. In them. And I don't think it's a, a talent thing. You know, I, I firmly believe there's a lot of talented people, um, players running around our competition. It's just that that mental toughness and aptitude that you need to play a physical game a week in, week out. And that's that's the real task. Um, you know, that's the real conundrum for, for coaches on a week-to-week basis is to, to bring out that, that mental uh, capacity that allows, you know, players to... Uh, play at their at their peak or near their peak every week, and that's consistent, you know. So I mean, yeah, it's uh, and I think it'll make for much better competition, obviously, if 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 you could do that. But um, it's it is a it is that that situation where you just you know from week to week you just don't understand why players can't. It's obviously got personal reasons or whatever the case may be might um, hamper their preparation through the week. But there's always there's always ways around it, isn't there? I think talk of a draft to try and even it out. I think that's a bit of an overreaction. But what's your take on it? I don't. I don't mind an in, uh, internal draft. You know, between between clubs, I don't mind that. No, I don't mind that scenario. We've sort of got a, a mini one now where you know, players can sort of go between clubs for opportunity. I think that's that's okay. I just think that there's got to be more accountability at certainly club level and certainly within the game around. Um, the development programs that we undertake, you know, mm. so we've got to really seriously look at, you know, this, with the states, I mean, what is the club footy like um, in regional, rural, city uh, city areas, urban areas, um, you know, what sort of pro- programs we've got in place. I think schools is a really important aspect of that as well. So we need to look at how we can implement more, you know, better school programs. Uh, that's where the majority of kids are. And then, obviously, I think coach education is really important because, you know, that's part of the fun. You know, we, there was a really good study not so long ago, a couple of years ago, where, you know, the reason why kids play sport is through fun and being with their mates and then knowing they're improving. They're the only three things. It's not about being competitive or winning or whatever the case may be. It's about fun, their mates, and, you know, they're getting better all the time, you know, so that's what kids want. So we've got to look at different ways and, you know, programs and systems um, and all those, all levels of our game to ensure that the kids are getting the, the, the best experience. And when they enjoy what they do, obviously they're going to keep playing it. And um, there's, then, they, then your, your base is strong and then, you know, the, the game grows at the top level as well. I'm having a little team sitting at the top of the ladder, the Panthers, even the Sharks up there in third spot. I mean, their nursery, their junior, their, their development. I know they've got a big catchment area in the Shire and also Penrith, but their development is good. Down the bottom end of the ladder, I'm looking at teams who have been trying to buy their way. And, and, and Mal, it brings me back to where we started and we played that try from David Fafita. The, the Titans have tried to buy in. David Fafita. I know you've got a big nursery down there with Palm Beach, Corumban and and the schools that are that are feeding you. But David Fafita, what what do you say to him to turn him so, around? I think we had this we had this discussion last week, and and I'll I'll go I'll, I'll go to the cows come home on this this fact is that um, David Fafita is a is a game breaker. You know, he's twenty two years of age. Um, he can he can win you win your footy games. Um, He's not at the moment. When we bought though, Dave, he? when we well when we bought Dave, um, he, that was market value, you know. So, and you got to remember that Dave uh, was was in the um, in our systems down here, you know. So, 
we, we took on the, the fact that obviously it was really important that we started to nurture our own, our development programs. And I think we've done a really good job in that. You know, I mean, Dave, Dave gets picked on all the time. He's the sort of central figure because he's getting paid a lot of money. But at the end of the day, he's a 22-year-old kid, you know, still finding his way. We believe, we believe that Dave Fafita's years, his best years are in front of him. Um, we've just got to play a way that allows Dave to get into the game. And um, that comes through experienced halves and that's why, and spine, that's why we've got uh, Kieran Foran coming and Sam Verrill's coming because, you know, they're smart players, they're experienced players, they come from winning organisations. So which, and we're only, we've only been three years into this. You know, you look at the Penrith, you, you mentioned Penrith, mm. it took them seven and it's 11 years since they started their program. Um, the Roosters... The Roosters and Storm, obviously, their development programs, they had to have really strong development programs because um, they haven't got a junior base. So, you know, they've been doing this for years and years and years and years. And it's one of the things that I think that the Titans haven't done really well over the years since its inception in 1988. You know, so it's, it's our development programs are really strong. Our majority of kids in our, in our programs at the moment coming through see pathways. They're in our development programs. They see pathways to play first grade. So um, we all pick, everyone's picking on Dave, um, but, I, you know, I feel that that's unfair and we'll get, we'll set, we'll get to see the best of Dave Fafita down the track. And, um, you know, when you t- and I think I said, this, said to you last week about this, Statistically, and he's right up there with any back rower in the game, but David Fear doesn't break a line, doesn't score 60 metre tries every weekend, he's had a poor game. And, you know, I'll, like I said, I'll stick up for him for as, as long as long as everyone was having an argument. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not David Feeder's fault. It's, it's everyone's fault in the footy team, you know. So we've got to get him, find him a way to get him into the game. That is why we love Mal Meninga. He is part of the SENQ family. Now, Mal, let's talk top eight. I played a clip that you said to me as a, not a throwaway, but it was the last thing you said to me last week about how the Broncos and Parramatta could be a season-defining game. It's this Thursday for both teams. And I've sort of, Parramatta, like they're safe. But but no one one in the bottom part of the top eight is safe. No, they're not. Not not, not Not after after last weekend's results. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so all four, all four, Rabbitohs, Bronx, Eels and, and the Roosters, I mean, even though they're playing really good footy at the moment, there's a chance still the Roosters won't make, won't make the top eight. If they've got Storm, the Roosters, an example, got Storm and Rabbitohs. Very, tough. you know, so it's tough. It's a tough draw. Um, the Rabbitohs have got Cowboys and Roosters. So these are all top four teams that they're playing against. The Broncos got Eels and Dragons. So, I mean, the Dragons game is going to be important. But well, this weekend, as Kevy said in the press conference, you know, how are you going to... How are you going to respond to what happened you know, last weekend? Well, the, the response is what they do this weekend. That's, that's the response. And they've got the Eels, who had a good win, um, coming, to, you know, coming to Suncorp, um, playing against the Bronx. So that's a really crucial game. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, might not, it might be decided in the last, the last round, you know, round 25. Then you've got the, the, the old Raiders, who weren't that good yesterday, but okay in the second half, but they've got Manly and Tigers to finish off. So you've got to finish on 30 points, in my, my opinion, mm. to have any chance. So, um, so all those teams, yeah, all those teams, I think the, the Bronx, the Bronx need to, you know, I think everyone needs to finish on 30 points and the Roosters a chance of, if they don't win any of those games um, against Storm or Rabbitohs, they may miss out. 
Well, well, let's bust it down. Parramatta in fifth are on 30 points, but they're for and against. They're only 64 in the positive. When I say only, yeah. it's when you have a look at the other teams that are coming, the Roosters and the Bunnies, their for and against is a lot healthier. It's almost doubled that 64. So Eels on 30, Roosters, Rabbits on 28, along with the Broncos. That rounds out the eight and the Raiders on 26. Now, you're right, that golden run. Manly and the Tigers, they could, the Raiders could put anything on those yeah. two teams who've put their cue in the rack. Well, Manly, since the since the rainbow jersey controversy, they haven't won a game. And we saw what the Tigers dished up. So I, I think the Raiders are a massive threat. Yeah, they're a chance of playing on, getting on 30 points. So, so, But if the Rabbitohs, the Broncos, the Eels and the Roosters get on 30 points, um, that takes out the Raiders. Because the foot, like you mentioned, the for and against. So the Raiders are in negative land at the moment. And if they keep on playing like this, they just, just win games against Manly and they just win games against the Tigers on 30 points, um, they'll miss out because on four and against. So um, if any of those, yeah, once you get to 30 points, yep. the Raiders are out. Roosters play the Storm away and South. Stouths play the Cowboys away, so up in Townsville, and the Roosters. The Eels play the Broncos and Storm. The Broncos, Eels and Dragons. So it's a very tough run for the Roosters and Souths. They're playing each other, and they're playing yeah. the Cowboys and Storm, throwing, throwing in there. So the team's fighting it out for the top Oh, it's still interesting, isn't it? It's oh, still massive. interesting. Massive. Yeah. Mel, yeah. a decision the good that – Sorry, Ben, and the good thing about it is that they're – they're sort of playing each other in the top eight, aren't they? Except yeah. the only one really, realistically, is the Broncos. They play the Dragons. But that's away. That's away at home last last round. So um, even that's a difficult game. So, I mean, the Broncos are not assured just yet either. Well, that, that's the thing. If you say teams that have nothing to play for, well, that was the Dragons yesterday against against the Titans. And they... Yeah. They'd, well, they showed they had plenty to play for. They, they're the ones that have personal pride on the line, and they've got Ben Hunt, who surely you just give him the Daly M now, don't you? More or less, he was great again yesterday, wasn't he? You know, so I mean, yeah, it's what a great year, what a great turnaround mm-hmm. for Ben Hunt. Yeah, honestly, um, you know, everyone sort of appreciates his skill. He always gets picked in rep sides, but much maligned, you know, for a number of years. Obviously, you know, stemming from the grand final, you know, so. It's fed, you know, to keep on doing what he's done. Um, couple the criticism, a bit like, a bit like Dave Fafita in a way. Keep on <laughs> copping the criticism because of the big money. And all of a sudden, he's blossomed. You know, all of a sudden, he's been given the captaincy by you know Anthony Griffin down there and and leadership role of the club, and he's excelled. He's had a fantastic year. Right, he's the poster boy for turning around. Mal, before we let you go on this Monday morning, the decision, uh, a re-grand final. I, I, I know, we all know, it was just politically based and the NRL trying to get their way out of the New South Wales government to get more money for stadiums, and Queensland is used as a pawn. But the one thing we have learnt from it is that they're now looking at some sort of Super Bowl situation. Uh, basically, the grand final goes to the highest bidder. And you would hope the money that comes into the game then goes into the development and grassroots and into the schools and the programs you just spoke about a couple of minutes yeah. ago. Are you a fan Are you a fan of this? Well, I'm not a fan of it because I just feel that, like, the grand final in particular has to be played in a, a rugby league state. So I'm a, I'm a fan of the fact that, you know, it may even alternate between Queensland and New South Wales. Um, but then the other side of me says, well, we've got to keep on growing the game. You know, Origins used to grow, grow the game as... Uh, as you know, so we we mm. go to Perth or Melbourne or Adelaide, whatever the case may be, to to uh, generate more interest in our game. Um, 
But then, obviously, there's the dollars, isn't there? There's mm. the dollar, the and dollar you got, side. You got three games of Origin too, don't you? Exactly right. So yeah, you can at least you, you got a game in in Brisbane. You got a late game in Sydney. You know, so that's solved. Um, the grand final is is the you know our our you know it's the rugby league grand final. It's where all the rugby league fans should have access to get to get to. You know, so uh, you start taking it outside of those two states. People have got to start factoring in the dollars just to get to those. You know, get to those. They miss out. They miss out because. The, the real fans are in New South Wales and the real fans are in, in Queensland, aren't they, you know? So, you know, if the real the real Rabideau fans or the Penrith fans are in, in Sydney, um, the real Broncos and, you know, the, the real Cowboys and Titans, are in, they're in Queensland. So, I mean, I think they sh- they need to come into the equation about, you know, when you pick grand finals, you know, they've they've got to, you know, it'd be great to watch their... their their home team, their own team, you know, playing their own states in the grand final. That's that's where I, I feel it should stay. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Let's alternate it between Suncorp and uh, one of the stadiums down or stadia down yeah. in Sydney. Yeah, why not? Mal, you're on the coast. Uh, I know you'll be visiting the Titans. Hands on there. We'll chat again next Monday. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it, mate. There we go. Mal Meninga, part of the SENQ family here on the Monday, every Monday from 11 o'clock, 13, 13, 55. Your thoughts on anything Mal just said, from David Fafita to grand finals. Jeez, he, he was giving a big rap to Ben Hunt. And I know he did last week, but he did say that the Australian hooking position, the number nine jersey for an Australian team come the World Cup, is the position that keeps him awake at night the most. I still think Ben Hunt just may have his nose in front there. 13, 13, 736, They're the digits you need in the next 40 minutes when we have a ticket blitz. Tickets to give away to the Titans and the Knights. It's a double header on the Gold Coast this weekend. Once you hear, oh, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. You have to hear one of the Titans players, the NRLW players, when you hear them come on your wireless or over the app, give me a call. First five callers through will be heading to Rabina this Sunday on us. SEN, Queensland's new home of sport. You can podcast a show, anything you missed. If you heard Mal Meninga, pass it on to your mates. You can do that at iTunes and Spotify, wherever you download your podcasts. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Yeah, thanks for your company news up in uh, about five minutes' time. Um, I have been asking you this morning our snap judgments, all thanks to Snap Fitness. They are with you every step of the way, snapfitness.com.au. Whether the Broncos can make the eight, I, I want them to. I just don't think they can. And based on exactly what Mal Meninga was just saying as well, I don't think they can. Do you? And if you do, why? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Polly has said, look, they will if they all play their best, but I don't think they're going to get far. Showing great improvement and they will only get better, but just not this year. And that is coming from a Broncos supporter. Uh, Another text that's come through, no name on this one as well, but it is around Big Bash and the privatisation of it. I think that needs to happen. So we're able to compete with the international leagues who are trying to strip our best players and are stripping not only our best players here in Australia, but the the top international talents on mark. 
Uh, you just said this one is a no-brainer. The cash injection's one thing, but the quality of minds of people it will bring into the boardroom is also important. So it's not just the cash factor, it's the meeting of minds. Greater minds, privatisation, those who are running their own business and company coming into the world of sport, it can only augur well. Uh, let's head out to the peninsula. Nick's at Redcliffe. G'day, Nick. G'day, Ben. I'm a really big fan of your show and I really enjoy listening to um, Sen. Thank um, you, Champion. Thanks for being on board. Awesome station. Um, thank you so much. And um, and also, I um, just want to say, yeah, I, I, actually, I think the Broncos will do well this year. Yeah. And um, and and I'm a Broncos supporter. I'm I'm born and bred in Brisbane. Good stuff. Um, do, do they do they get a win and, against Parramatta or do they get a win against the Dragons or both? Both, both. Yeah. <laughs> Very confident. Yeah. yeah. Very confident. Uh, and and also um, about Big Bash, mm. I really enjoy watching Big Bash, and it's an awesome. Um, uh, way of um, the future with cricket, and I um, and it's an awesome um, to watch. Yeah, and very Nick, entertaining. Too. And, and you're spot on. What what about the players you love watching? What about some of the big names from overseas? Would you like to see more of them here? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm. And yeah, I, that'd be really good. See, and Nick, and I reckon you've nailed it from a fan's point of view. I reckon you've absolutely nailed it, and that's exactly why we need to have the privatisation to make sure that we can compete with the overseas leagues and the money to bring these big names in. If you're just catching up on the news, David Warner will be playing Big Bash for the first time in a decade. He has signed on with the Thunder after his international commitments uh, are done and dusted. So that, excuse me, brings him into the final five matches at least and possibly even finals. But Cricket Australia is picking up the tab for that. The bulk of it anyway. It sits outside the salary cap. So if we're getting some idea of numbers that are being thrown around to lure the likes of Warner and co overseas, Chris Lynn. We're talking with this new ILT, the Arab Emirates League, 700,000 US. Cricket Australia is paying that. And the state associations are paying that. And at the ultimate end of that, we're all paying for that. As in those who play cricket. Well, those who want their kids to play cricket, because that's money out of the system, the current system, that isn't going into the grassroots. That's why I feel that the injection of privatised funds, of privatised ownership, and the collateral thinking, the minds that it brings to it, as one of you have put forward, I think it's a no-brainer. What else is a no-brainer? Our news coming up now, and we're going to head down the M1 in the next hour. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Hi, it's Steph Hancock from the Gold Coast Titans NRLW team. Call 13 13 55 now to win your double pass to see us in action with the boys this Sunday at Seabus Super Stadium. Go the Titans and go SEN. Yeah, thank you, Steph. That's it, 13, 13, 55. If you're on the coast or in Brisbane, if you're listening to us on 693 SENQ or 16, 20 a.m. on the Goldie, that's the number to ring right now. Five double passes to give away. The Titans and Knights ticket blitz. It's a new season, new energy. Titans NRLW is back. It is a doubleheader this Sunday. Boys up first, 4 o'clock against the Knights, and then 10 past 6. Uh, the girls will be rocking it. You can feel the energy become 
a Titans 2022 NRLW member today. You can do that by visiting titans.com.au. Uh, look, a little earlier in the program, we caught up with the Lions head of football, Danny Daly. So much to discuss after Friday night, it was a nightmare on Vulture Street, an absolute walloping by the Demons coming into the finals. Uh, they are making a decision right now. In fact, they would have had to have made it about four minutes ago. So we're trying to get word in on the lines of what they're going to do as far as Cam Rayner and Noah Answorth is concerned when it comes to the tribunal. Danny Daly hinted at the fact they would have to be looking at Cam Rayner. They'd have to be looking at rolling the dice there. Although you've got to remember, every time they do go to the tribunal, it's a $10,000 fee they have to pay, which comes out of their soft cap. So it's not for free, but to get to someone like the calibre of Cam Rayner on the cards for that final and his sudden death against Richmond Thursday week at the Gabba, you'd want him on board too. But look, the other big talking point outside of the results of that game is Dane Zorko, their captain. One of their most passionate, one of their best players, but he did step across the line. His comments to Harrison Petty, we don't know exactly what he said, but he has apologised. The club is now working with Dane, but they're also double-checking on how he's going, his mental health, because the pile-on has been massive, not only here in Brisbane, but interstate as well. On social media, some of the rubbish that has come out. In fact, you know what? They're having a crack on social media for someone having a crack at someone. Is that not the epitome of hypocritical? What Dane said crossed a line. He has apologised for it. He has known. He knows he has done wrong. But what does this mean for his captaincy going forward? Here's Danny Daly, the general manager of footy, a little earlier. You know, if you look at the last four years since he's been the captain, um, himself as a leader along with... Chris Fagan, as our as our coach, as a leader, has done an outstanding job in getting this club back on track. Um, you know, we've qualified for our fourth final series in a row, um, so he's he's done a lot right. Um, I understand, I understand what's happened on the weekend and the commentary around it all, and um, you know, people have got their opinion, which is fine. But from a club perspective, we think he's done a fantastic job over the four year period he's been skipper. Um, we had a little bit of a let-up on Friday night. We've had a chat to him about that, and, and we move on. And I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll come back in the next game against Richmond bigger and better and lead from the front again. All right, Danny Daly, the <clears throat> excuse me, general manager of Footy at the Lions, speaking about their captain, Dane Zorko, who has come under fire. They are worried about his mental health and seeing where he is at after the pile-on. But as far as captaincy goes, that was a backing, backing by the footy department. And it has only gone as far as the footy department. It hasn't gone any further up the chain as well. 13-13-55. Lions fans, what do you think? Are they done and dusted for the season? Or can they win it from sixth spot? We know the Bulldogs did it in 2016. In fact, they won it from seventh. And I look back at our record against Richmond, who used to be a bogey side, but the last two games played against them at the Gabba, well, the Lions have won, and one of them was a final. That was last year. Not the final, but the last time they played them at the Gabba, they beat them. The last time they played them, well, that was that epic turnaround. Not in a good space for the Lions, but, geez, they were all over them in the first half. If they can replicate that, they can tweak that. I reckon we're in for a red-hot chance. Either way, it's going to be out at the Gabba. September 1, the first match of the AFL Finals. Richmond 
and the Lions Thursday night. Now, let's go to the Lions where Jeremy is sitting there patiently waiting. Jeremy, morning. Morning. Uh, congratulations. You are off to the Titans at Rabina, the double header, to see not only the NRL, but the NRLW this Sunday night. You heard the cue to call. Good stuff. Now, do you barrack for the Titans? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you said that very, very cautiously. And look, I understand after the season they've had. What, in your mind, putting you on the spot, what do you see as the issue, and are you hopeful now that Verils and Foran are coming in next year? Well, at the start of the year, they were um, they were on track to have a big year, but then I don't know whether it was the I suppose the um, experience of the halves just didn't didn't quite step up to the plate like everyone expected them to. But mm. you know, it's it's all a learning curve, isn't it? We have to um, stay positive in the in at the Gold Coast to think that we'll get back to the finals where we belong. Well, mate, I know that you will be there cheering them on, all part of us, so thank you for being part of the Titans and Knights Ticket Blitz. Jeremy on the coast, five double passes to give away, all thanks to the Titans. It's a new season, new energy. Titans NRLW is back. You can feel the energy. Become a Titans member for this year, 2022, the NRLW team. You can visit titans.com.au. We'll be heading down the M1 straight after this. It was the opening round of the NRLW over the weekend. Oh, it wasn't a good weekend for Queensland footy teams, was it? I have to take a deep breath. Broncos or Titans, but we are getting a boost from our Queenslanders performing overseas. Adam Scott, he didn't take out the BMW Championship. If you're just catching up with this news today, he is and has survived into the top 30 to head into that final round of the PGA this weekend. He needed to make a clutch, clutch up and down on the 18th to do that, and he's rolled it within just a few inches of the hole to make par. So good on you, Scotty. We know that Jack Miller, Townsville's Jack Miller, on the podium too in the MotoGP. See, so they're giving Queenslanders hope. Good on you, boys. Keep rocking. We're 20 minutes away from 12. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, quarter to midday. Thanks for your company. Jimmy Smith standing by to pick up and run through it straight through the gap after midday today. Uh, Look, the platinum players for the BBL's first ever draft has just dropped, just been announced. These are the top international players. There's 12 of them who will be up for first pick. And when I say platinum too, that's the best money available. I'll run you through these. Faf de Plessis, Jason Roy from England, Liam Livingston from England, Sam Billings from England, Kyron Pollard from the Windies along with Dre Russ, Andre Russell, David Wiley from England. Shabid Khan from Pakistan, Dwayne Bravo from the Windies, Rashid Khan from Afghanistan, Chris Jordan from England, and Trent Bolt from New Zealand. So they're the 12 platinum players for this brand new draft. How does this all work? Well, the platinum players will be in the first round of the draft. The Brisbane Heat are third. They have third pick. So you'd have to think one of those platinum players is coming to the Brisbane Heat. Coming round two, where you can pick platinum and gold players, well, the Heat, they have the third pick in that 
as well. So one of those players' names I read out, hopefully will be bearing or wearing the teal this summer. Now the width is there to the left-hand side. Instead, it's Hancock crashing over. The veteran finds her way to the try line. 40 years young, Steph Hancock, and they've got life, the Titans. Yeah, she got a double too, the Titans legend, as the NRLW season kicked off on the weekend. But sadly, that double wasn't enough to get the coast home. As I mentioned earlier, not a good start to the season for Queensland teams. The Knights defeated the Broncos 32-14. to The Dragons got the better of the Titans 26-12. But it is a new season, new energy for the Titans. The NRLW is back and... The Coast have a chance to redeem themselves at home this weekend against the Knights, who are just coming off that win over the Broncos. Let's check in at Parkwood. We have an Olympic gold medalist on the line, Ivania Polita. Ivania, good afternoon. Good morning to you. It was almost in the afternoon. <laughs> good morning to you. Good morning. Hey, tough day at the office yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really tough for us. Um, but we'll regroup this week and hopefully come out better for it on Sunday. And what about your Rio teammate, your gold medal winning teammate, Emma Tonegato? She, she had a day out, didn't she? Yeah, Emma's been playing really well since she's obviously transitioned back to rugby league, so that's a huge credit to her. Vania, what was what was the, the, the big issue yesterday? From when I was watching, ill-discipline sort of let you down, uh, handling and, and giving away penalties. Yeah, yesterday we were our worst enemies. Um, our completion rate was well below par and um, we gave away way too many penalties and basically piggybacked the Dragons down into our, you know, red zone territory, which wasn't ideal for us. You get a shot at redemption though this Sunday against the Knights. Have you had a chance to look at that game against the the, the Broncos yesterday to get a handle on on their strengths? Um, No, we were on the flight back home last night as the Knights were playing, but... um, that's what tonight will be all about is going over all the footage, you know, putting our game to rest and then looking forward to the challenge with the Knights. How are you going since moving to the Gold Coast, being there, being part of the team, one of their marquee players? Um, the, is it a good vibe with the girls around the club? Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, I obviously re-signed with the Gold Coast because I had a really enjoyable time in season one. Mm. And um, unfortunately for us, it didn't go the way, but I still have a lot of belief and faith in this squad that we can pull off something incredible this season. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Ivania Politi is my guest this afternoon. Tight, uh, this afternoon, this morning. Do you, where's my head at, Ivania? I'm almost, I'm already clocking off. I feel like one of the uh, the, 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 the Tigers, <laughs> manly or warriors, have been just clocking off already. Uh, but listen, you don't have no room to clock off. Uh, Titan sister, centre, Ivania Politi. There we go. I'll spit it out. We'll get my mind back on the job. Uh, actually, speaking of the job, have, have, I, have I got you at work right now? No, no, I take Mondays off to just regroup after last season. It was quite tough going back to the office on a Monday morning. All right, now, Ma- Marston High, that's right, you work in the sports program down there, don't you? Yes, I do athlete wellbeing at the school and a little bit of coaching on the side. It's a handy rugby league nursery, produced some big names over the years. Yeah, we just had a lot of success last week with our three um, age divisions winning all of the Titans Cups, so our girls have had a lot of success there this year. Yeah, outstanding. I mean, we've seen Cameron Smith come through the ranks there, uh, Israel Flower, Corey Parker, I'm sure, was even a Marsden High boy. Now, who, 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 what are some names to look out for, then, Ivani, going forward? Some of, the, some of your current crop of youngsters. Yeah, we've got an incredible, um, obviously, in the men's side, we've got Hazel Mellor coming through, who's 
who is a phenomenal athlete. And then in the women's game, we've got the likes of Montea Hudson, um, Sienna Lafipo, and a couple of other young girls coming through. We've got some girls in year seven who've got a long way to go, but are already showing some really promising signs. Wow, year seven, first year of high school. This is good, and they're under some yep. pretty good tutelage there, uh, along with yourself as part of that sports program. <laughs> hey, you, you'd be burning to get back out at Seabus, wouldn't you, Rabina? I mean, Commonwealth Games, Rugby Sevens, the grand final, silver medal. You'd yep. just be itching to get back out there and, and get a win from the last time you were there. Yes, and the last time we played at Seabus, we had that incredible win over the Broncos, so I can't wait to get back out there. There's nothing like playing on a home field, and Seabus is an incredible pitch to run on. Yeah, you weren't part of that game, were you, the the, the Broncos one from memory? Um, I played, but I didn't make it all the way to the end. I got injured during the second half. That's it. Um, Knee? Ankle? Ankle. Ankle. All right. Shot at redemption. It comes back on this Sunday against the Knights. We wish you all the best. Avani, appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. There we go. Avani Politi's uh, Titans NRLW Centre wasn't the greatest start from them. Uh, there was a, a few tries that were disallowed from the Dragons, but they know where they went wrong. They know they need to tighten it up, and they'll go back and uh, to the drawing board tonight to get that all sorted. Eight and a half away from midday. That's when it becomes the afternoon. We're still in the mornings. Oh, that's it. There's a clue in the name of the show, Benjamin, isn't there? Mornings with me, Ben Davis, here on SENQ, Queensland's new home of sports, 6.93am, or if you're down the Gold Coast, listening to 16.20am. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Yeah, thanks for joining us this morning. News fast approaching. If you've missed anything on the show, SEN, download the app. You can have a look at the podcast, the entire show, or just segments of it. You can do that. Well, not only on that, but you get that from anywhere. You download your podcasts, be it iTunes, be it Spotify. Uh, make sure you jump on and have a listen to our chat on privatisation of BBL. We know the draft is coming up. I just mentioned it before in, on Sunday, the big money and the big name players. Uh, the other thing you might want to listen to is our Monday means test with Corey Parker, where you would have missed this. We've given Corey some homework to do this week before coming back, and it's about coming up with an idea, performance-based contracts for players. One way of doing it, I suppose, if you're signing player A for whatever reason for mm. 500000 yeah. and they're happy with that, okay, but you throw a KPI in there that says, okay, if you hit this, 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 and this, mm. we'll give you an extra hundred. Yeah. Well, then it's a bit different, isn't it? Maybe yeah. that's a, an incentive. I mean, I know, I think Kevin Walters has a, some KPIs in his contract. If the Broncos play top four, he gets an extra 50. If they play finals, he gets an extra mm. 25. If they do both, he gets 75, something like that. So maybe there is something in that. It'd be interesting to see everyone's take. Oh, yeah, interesting indeed. Have your take. Send them through, and we'll be doing it again next Monday on that because would that stop the blowouts? I think it would go a long way if you have got a performance-based contract. You've probably got one at work. Guarantee part of the salary. Guarantee the majority of it. But as Corey said, if you've got a fair kicker to come in the last couple of games, your, your season might be gone. Your finals might be gone. But what way could you do it to make sure we don't have any of the clock-offs? 
the teams that have already rung Flight Centre to book their post-season footy trips because we saw that on the weekend, didn't we, with the weekend of blowouts. How do we stop that happening? I'll give you some homework to do as well. Bring it in next Monday, 9 o'clock. Here on Mornings with Ben Davis. That's me. I'll catch you in a week's time. 693 SENQ, Queensland's new home of sport. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.